We'll have a lower gain from pasture iris in the UK. We've been around the world and come back again, I think. I've got something here that I want to share with you that came in from America. They're a very dear friend of me, of mine, uh, John Shiver, of John Shiver Ministries. He's a very big ministry out there. Very humble man of God, and he's just recovering from a, a final dose of chemo uh, to set him back on his feet after a massive bowel cancer. He writes... Yvette and I have always had pastoral hearts toward people. The horrific human suffering and death in these days and the ones ahead are very close to home. And he goes on to say, to talk about some, some other difficulties um, that's going on around the world. And he says that the, 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 the hospital where his daughter is working is totally filled now um, you're waiting for this peak surge of patients, which is still 30 days away. So the hospitals are really undergoing a lot of stress and a lot of strain. So I feel that first, first thing on our agenda is we ought to pray for all of our hospitals around the world because they are stretched to the limit before but this thing even peaks. And the dangers of all this are very personal to a lot of families. For those who are lost, we must extend grace and love, seeking to show them Jesus at every turn. But Christians should not need their hands held through this time or need messages that make us feel good. We have a God-given responsibility to rise up, covered by the blood of Jesus, taking on the armour of God and his authority, and seek God's plan for battle. My heart is also filled, John writes, with great hope and unwavering conviction that God wants to reveal himself in all his glory in this hour like never before. And would you please patiently bear with me and let us look together at the word of God. In 1957, as a global viral respiratory pandemic originating in China killed 1.1 million around the globe, an evangelism revival as well as the healing revival was surging around the world. That same year, the United States Congress voted to print In God We Trust on every piece of US money and to post it on the walls of every courthouse in America, including above the judges' seats of the United States Supreme Court because of the great religious fervor in America. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own inheritance. Psalms 34.12 Because of this extraordinary prophetic movement or moment of history, I have spent a significant number of hours carefully reading through the Old Testament and revisiting the accounts of God's dealings with his people. That's uh, with his people Israel over the centuries. There is an amazing pattern being repeated again and again. In spite of the contemporary messages we hear in most churches today, the evidence in the Bible clearly reveals that God does, in fact, send judgment in response to sin. That is hard for many to accept, but it is true nonetheless. It is a cyclic pattern and God's blessing on his people. His people drifting away, 
his prophets calling people to repentance, his people refusing his voice. God then sends judgment, but results in sorrow for sin, repentance, and his people returning to true worship of God. God then sends forgiveness, restoration, and blessings upon his people. Then it repeats itself again, because people refuse to learn and understand his ways. Let's get it right this time. In the midst of God's glory in the temple, 2 Chronicles 7.13 says, When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or I command the locusts to devour the land, or I send pestilence among my people, This heading is just to capture us for this moment. The Bible gives many, many examples of this truth. God does send judgment because of sin and rebellion. But his judgment is not for inflicting pain and punishment because of his anger, but rather because of his great love, mercy and grace. God loves people, but he hates sin. The reason he hates sin is It's because sin destroys people. So God sends awakenings of his judgment to make people aware of his hate for sin's great eternal danger in order to call them back to himself that they may be forgiven, healed and blessed. The worst judgment of God is not hard times. The far worse judgment is when God releases people or nations and leaves them in happy, self-centered pursuit of whatever they want to do. They will suddenly realize in eternity that they are lost forever. But then it is too late to turn back. He sends judgment before it is too late. He wants to awaken people to himself that they may turn And that's repent. Throughout the Old Testament, every time his people turned back to him and sought mercy for themselves and their nation, he forgave their sin, drew them back to himself and then blessed them. He would warn and strive with his people first. But they refused to listen. There always came a time when mourning and striving ceased and judgment came. But in times of national judgment because of sin, God promised his people. And I read this 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, that's God's glory, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. What is it that the Lord is seeking from his people, the church, at this moment in time? Well, number one, humble themselves. We as the church must surrender our pride and ourselves and admit that there is a problem. We must examine our hearts and lives and yield everything to Jesus. The church must face the reality that what we are presently doing is not working. Churches are now considered non-essential in these days by governments and are being forced 
to close their services indefinitely because of this virus. And we have to ask ourselves, why does the world now consider our churches to be non-essential in our cities and communities? Do they actually see and know something about us that we are refusing to admit to, admit to ourselves? Number two, pray. This is not petitioning him for more blessings, but rather humbly asking him to show us anywhere that we have missed him. It is a prayer of surrender of our wills to his. It is passionately petitioning him to reveal to us his loving mercy and immeasurable grace. It is praying that the blood of the Lord Jesus might cover and cleanse anything and everything that has grieved his Holy Spirit in our lives and in the churches. It is admitting that we cannot do this alone and we desperately need his help. Number three, seek my face. This is a reference to seeking his manifested presence and glory. Could the reason the world now considers the church to be non-essential during lockdowns is because we have no power? Do they know that we have very few testimonies of God's miraculous answers to our prayers? Has the glory of the Lord departed from our meetings and been replaced by other church things that we do without him being in our midst? God wants us to seek my face in order that he can manifest his glory and power in our midst, that the world would encounter him and be saved. Number four, turn from your wicked ways. The word repent simply means to turn. When God lovingly, graciously, mercifully shows our sin, shows us our sin, we need to turn away from it and go in another direction. Simply stop doing it. We need to just admit it and quit it. We hear much about grace these days. We also need to be reminded that Noah and his family were not saved by grace. Hearing and obeying the Lord and building a boat before the rain started is what saved them. Number five, God promised that if his people would do these simple things, he would hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. John continues writing, I am writing to you today to simply ask, where are the voices of leaders and Christians proclaiming this biblical message and pattern of God's dealing with his people that is guaranteed to bring heaven's response. It's right there in the Bible again and again. Today, we blame it on everything from China, Russian, Russia, President Trump, Democrats, the deep state, the EU, 5G cell towers, George Soros, the globalists, the Antichrist and Q, 
Q? Question mark? Question mark? Question Q? Frankly, I'm deeply disturbed because fear motivates so much of this. God's people need to hear from the Holy Spirit and through the written word of God more than Facebook. What if God has allowed this time of global upheaval and suffering in order to radically stir his church? What if we humble ourselves, pray, hunger for his glory? What if we turn from sin in order that we could extend limitless love, immeasurable mercy and great grace? What if he pours out his Holy Spirit like never before in response to us meeting his requirements? God loves the world and gave Jesus that all should be saved. He cannot lie. He has promised us that he will do what he has said if we will intercede for mercy, grace and a supernatural intervention that he passionately desires to send. Some Christians and their leaders will invariably disagree with what John has written. Their disagreement must be based in the opinions of men because God's word as revealed in the Old Testament, the Gospels of Jesus and in the New Testament clearly demonstrate otherwise. John writes, I have chosen to stay with the written word of God and hunger for his presence as never before. Will you join with us in petitioning God to have mercy upon us and our nations and to heal our land? Will you join with us in praying in faith for him to send another global outpouring of the Holy Spirit that results in salvation, deliverance and healing of multitudes at this time? In God we trust must be the statement of who we are in America and the UK, South Africa and other countries around the globe. We've said it so many times, we must have revival and we must have it soon. Never more true than it is today. John concludes, we love you and are praying for you and yours daily. John and Yvette. Now, it's not often I read a personal letter. In fact, I don't think I've done that before. But I can tell you this much, John Shiver is a highly respected minister. His ministry is colossal. He does an awful lot in India. They have built many, many churches. I've known John for about 20 years, and Yvette. And I can tell you this much, I have had and been in the presence of the glory of God. And once you have been there, you do not want to live any other way. Churches push, the, push the, the whole idea of that aside. But I am telling you, I walked in the glory of God. I haven't only just seen gold dust everywhere. I have carried it on my body and on my person for seven years. And from time to time, that still comes back. I completed a painting a short while ago, a couple of years back. 
It was a, a spiritual painting that the Holy Spirit had given me. And it took me three and a half years to fully complete it. And when I'd done so, at the touch of a paintbrush, the shadow went in just the right place on the horse when I was ready to give up. And then the Lord covered it, starting in the top left-hand corner. He covered it with gold dust all the way down to the signature, diagonally across this long, this, this metre-wide painting. And two foot by, you know, two foot high by 39 inches about there. And we stood and cried. You know, my husband had never seen anything like that manifestation that day in my kitchen. The next day, I look for God's glory again because I'm always looking for God's glory. I miss it so much when I don't see it around because I know what it means. I know how it, it heals and I know how it keeps everything together. And I know I don't want to live any other way. But I tell you this, the next morning I took the painting to my bedroom window and I was going to have to varnish it that day. And I had one last look and there was no, no gold dust on it. It isn't something you can sweep up and keep. It's supernaturally implanted there. And I said, oh Lord, you've gone again. And with that, and this time more slowly, the gold dust came again and it glittered all over that painting slowly. I called Jeff, Jeff come and look. And we stood there together at the windowsill and we watched what God did when he manifests his glory. And he said, it is finished. And he meant the painting, but I wonder now what else he meant, it is finished. I want to share my heart with you today to seek God's face. Every minister listening to the sound of my voice and every listener. And seek the glory of God in your life. It is so real. It is so real. Do it before it's too late. May God bless you and I'll be back again soon. This is Pastor Iris signing off. From the UK, just for today, God bless, keep well and stay indoors. It's a wonderful place to be. It's your time alone with God. God took his people at Passover. The blood was on the doorposts. The angel of death passed over them. Do the same. God wants you in a safe place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Bye-bye for now.